0: Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we're so grateful for your presence in this place. We know that in your presence is the fullness of who you are. So Father, we thank you this morning because you have spoken to our hearts this morning and caused us to worship you. Now, Father, we thank you for the power that operates through us, that causes us to do warfare in the heavenlies. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we bind every contrary spirit that would exalt itself above your will. We bind it now in the name of Jesus. God, we come against every sickness, Every disease, everything that would hinder the growth of your people, we bind it right now in the name of Jesus. We loose the power of your anointing in this place to destroy every yoke of bondage. We come against every hurt, every harm, every broken relationship, every broken heart. God, we call it fixed now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. For your word today, word that brings deliverance, word that brings peace, a word that brings joy to our hearts, we thank you for it. We thank you now, God, for your indwelling Holy Spirit who leads us into all of your truth. And God, we give you praise for that. Now let your will be done in this place, even as your kingdom comes. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anytime we begin to talk about spiritual warfare, there is a tendency for the devil to launch an attack. So you need to be prayed up, praised up, you need to be ready. Yes. Yes. Amen. And He's not going to just let you go. Uh-uh. If you think he's just going to let you go, as folks say, you got another thing coming. Yes. Amen. 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 Remember that we were his before yes. right. we belong to Christ. Yes. Yes. and he wants to claim everything that belongs to him. Yes. Yes. And I tell yes. you, that by the power of God and the Word of God, he must take his hands off of everything that belongs to Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Ah, I sure hope somebody besides me is feeling a little warrior spirit. Hallelujah. What a mighty God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're still in John chapter 8. We're still on the same two verses. Verse 31 says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free, yes. and we call this the prescription truth of prescription for deliverance. We're going to call it part two. Amen. Spoiler alert: There's a part three. Yes. Amen. You can be seated. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, and I say part three because I don't know if we have time to get you completely free. Here's what I want you to understand. Last week we talked a little bit about uh, Samson at the beginning of the message because we recognized that Samson was called to be a deliverer of God's people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Samson got off track. Amen? Amen. And the problem is, is that Samson had the same problem that a lot of us have, is that he allowed his human relationship to distract him from his heavenly relationship. Uh, Sometimes we get so carried away about, quote, personal problems that we forget that we have a personal Savior. So we have a tendency to to think that uh, things can be fixed in the normal way. And some things uh, you have to appeal to the Spirit of God if you want deliverance. Amen? The Bible is very clear that we have to know the truth, and when we say know it, it's known empirically or experientially. Knowing the truth means that we have to be exposed to it. We have to know truth. A lot of us uh, don't quite understand whether or not we're free. That's because Jesus right here in this passage talked to the Jews who believed that they were actually free while they were still in bondage. Now there's there's there is just a little bit of truth to that. And let me tell you what the truth of the matter is. The truth of the matter is that uh, they were in bondage to the Romans. Amen. But the spiritual truth of that is the Jews believe that they were never in bondage to anyone because their king was Jesus. Oh, uh, y'all missed that. <laughs> so if you're if if Your loyalty is to your king. You can never be enslaved. You'll always be free. Amen. 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 But the Bible goes on to say that uh, as human beings, we're made for God, for each other, and for the world that we live in. Now, I know everybody thinks that they were created for heaven, and that's a wonderful thought. But remember, when God made man, He didn't make him in heaven. Amen. Amen. He was taken from the earth, so he was made to function in this realm. Yeah, come on, you're getting slow. <laughs> so he, because man is is able to function. As a human being here on earth, the Bible says he was created for this. But then, you know, man corrupted himself and everything changed. And it was his world that came against him. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's. Sometimes when we talk, we talk too far out there. And you all like to spiritualize things. So let me bring it down, you know, down to 125th Street. (laughs) Sometimes, when we're just going along happy, minding our own business, something will happen in our life. Somebody will say something. Somebody will do something, which will get us off our game. In other words, when you get saved, you talk about being uh, sanctified and having all power and being able to do all things. And then somebody comes along and hurts your little feelings. So your little Eden becomes a wilderness. Do y'all understand? Even though you say that you are Adam and you're created for all of this with all of this relationship with God, somebody will get you off your game. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they do that, now you're in a battle for your life because you still think, uh, "All right, I tell you what. I'm just going. I'm just going to tell you some stuff." A lot of times, uh, when we try to spiritualize stuff with you guys, you don't get the message. You need living people to hear about. See what, what 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 certain folk have a tendency to do is they allow the Christianity to be infected by their ethnicity, and by doing so, you think ethnic before you think Christian. So you know when people talk about uh, when you are interviewing for a job and somebody says, uh, "What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses?" And y'all, y'all know the, the drill, right? <laughs> and I always have a standard answer. I give them my strengths, right? Yeah. And they say, "Well, what's your weakness?" I always say, "It's my strength pushed to excess." Yeah. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> I've only had a few jobs in my life, so I, (laughs) but the point I'm making is this, that sometimes all the things that you value as your strength can be pushed to excess, which becomes a weakness for you because it gets you off your game. And sometimes you know how we do. We go straight back to the hood and I'm going to just leave it right there. Of course, some of y'all don't know what the hood is. You've never been there. Don't know what I'm talking about, but that's okay. So the Bible says then, (laughs) the Bible says that when uh, people are enslaved, they are no longer free to properly know or pursue their real potential. You will never reach your destiny if you are in bondage in your mind And you don't believe that you can do what Christ has called you to do. Amen. We continue to try to figure out what it is we think we need to do. But what what is it that he is going to do through us? Amen. Now, here's the problem. Some people actually believe that they're on the verge of freedom when they are on their way to enslavement. Because the thing that they abandon in life is Christ. Oh, no, wait now. Come on. Everybody you know, everybody you know who left church, not this one, because y'all never leave. But them other folk who left other churches, they all left God so they could find God. Now so that means that somewhere somebody missed God. Okay, y'all. So so let, let let's see if today we can find him so we can get back in our rightful place. But when you miss God, you also miss your destiny. The thing that God has prepared for your life when life gets in the way of your uh, salvation, then you never reach that thing that he called you to do. Because life happens. Stuff happens. You lose your job. You get sick. uh, You get a divorce. uh, Family members die. Things happen to you that set you back. And when they do, the first thing you drop is your destiny. Okay. Consider God as a baker. He puts all these ingredients in. The Bible calls that working it together for your... Because the end product, the break, the, the cake, the bread, whatever you're baking, it only works when you put all the ingredients in there. And sometimes you put stuff in there and you say, that don't make any sense. Huh? Why do you need to put an egg in stuff? Try making a cake with no eggs. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes things happen, but we have to understand that it's all for our good and it's all working something in us, it's not something that's designed to destroy us, but the devil always seeks to to destroy, so he's looking for the one thing that will get you off your game. Mm. So we decide that we're going to go our own way, and the first thing that happens to us is when we want to do our own thing, we want to be free, free to be me. You know what we do. We want to be free to be me. I want to do what I want to do. After all, I'm grown. I know how to make my own decisions. Come on. Amen. No. Amen. Well, to you, I simply say, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. You can't make your own decision. Your decisions have to be according to what God has called you to do. So when you're seeking, quote, that freedom, are you doing what leads to your destiny? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if your destiny is based on feeling, you're always going to miss it. The Bible says in reality, when we go our own way, We're about to enter the greatest bondage we've ever known. Watch this one now. The Bible says in this state, when you're doing your own thing, we resent any suggestion from family or friends that something is wrong in our lives. The more people tell you this is not going to end well, the madder you get. I know. I'm just talking to myself today, so I don't need anybody to help me. <laughs> well, the Bible says the path to freedom lies in obeying the word of God. Now, here's the problem. When you're in bondage, you excel at minimizing your situation. Can I say that one more time? When you're in bondage, you're, you, you're an expert on minimizing. Oh, well, it ain't so bad. Well, if... Mm-hmm. If I can just get this one. Amen. I just need to make a couple of adjustments here and, and everything's going to work out fine. Oh, we, uh, Let me say it this way, because, I, again, I feel like I'm talking to people who are not listening to me. If I could just get this promotion, if I could get this, I, I need this job. Boy, if I could just get this new car. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to mess you up. You might just need that new car, as folks say. I just need that new car. Because the old one broke down. You wonder why it broke down? No, seriously. You just need that house. What happened to the old one? You sleeping on my couch telling me you just need to catch a break. (laughs) Oh, this is hard here. Oh, God. Societal sin is a cultural neurosis. What is that? Neurosis is a term used to describe a mental disorder caused by past anxiety that has often been repressed. That's a lot, isn't it? Cultural neurosis. It means there's something wrong and it not only affects my life, but it affects the lives of people around me And we call it societal sin because there's some sins that we just think are not sins anymore. Mm -hmm. Let me give you some uh, examples of cultural sins. I'm going to give you five. Number one, it's called competition. That's a societal sin. When people compete with people for the presence of God, nobody is reaching God. What's the second one? Celebrity. I, me. Well, I always. Well, I. I figured it out. Well. No offense to a lot of you. Uh, good Christian, I take full responsibility. <laughs> you can't take responsibility for something you can't fix. <laughs> Here's the third one that's tough. and and this is hard in, in today's society. It's called patriotism. We're about to celebrate the 4th of July. They call it Its very name says it's an opposition to God. Now, I know, come on now. So so when it comes to patriotism, here's what I want. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Listen, I'm one of those people that I still feel something every time the national anthem is played. Uh, I serve my country proudly, and, and I will tell you that I am probably uh, the most country-loving person in the world, but I will tell you this. I said it earlier. I only have one king. His name is Jesus. (laughs) And I'm never going to be independent of him. I'm always going to be totally dependent on him. Now, what's going on in this country today is called Christian nationalism. I'm telling you, that's wrong. It's bad. It will destroy the church and will destroy you. No nation has a grip on God. I think people have, they have forgotten what the Bible says. that We were all all one at the beginning. And at the end, guess what we're going to be? All one. Okay. I probably shouldn't even go on all of these, but what was that, number three? Yes. Number four is fear. Fear. That's a cultural <laughs> sin. Mm-hmm. Now, we always look at fear as one of those things that we have no control over. But what fear does is it dominates our decisions. Amen. When fear makes you make a decision, and that's why, listen, when people get saved because somebody scared them into it, they don't stay saved. Amen. Perfect love casts out fear. We have, a, we have a lot of people who are fearful and they make decisions based on that fear. Because when you make a decision that keeps you from being scared, then you think you're okay. (laughs) And number five, individualism. This is one of the societal sins that we deal with every day. Individualism. Uh, Let me tell you something. The problem with individualism is that God called us to be a community. When when, when we were formed as a body, the Bible says that even though we have individual parts, we're still one. As a church, the Bible says that we have different offices, different administrations, but we're still one body. The Bible says that we are the people of God, even though we're different faces, races, different creeds and colors. We're still one. So one being community, not being individual. Okay, let me put it another way. I need you and you need me. And then as individuals, we need Christ. So that takes away my individualism. All right, and I'm having y'all write that because I didn't put it in the notes. I probably should have, right? But you know how you wake up and... (laughs) Well, I woke up and had an epiphany. And now you had an epiphany and I got to write it down and I don't even know what I had. And a piff what? So the Bible says those neuroses then... uh, a sense of the culture that affect my life because I didn't do anything about it. I repressed the thing. I pretended it didn't happen. This is the reason that so many of us are late in life dealing with hurts because we never dealt with them when they happened. We pushed them aside, we buried them somewhere and then all of a sudden this thing comes rolling back like a train and we don't know what to do with it. We're always saying stuff like, I thought I had gotten over it. You just thought it was going to go away? Let me tell you what we do as saints. I'm going to tell you this is a problem. When, when, we, when we do stuff, when we do something wrong uh, or someone does something wrong to us, it doesn't matter which way. When something is wrong, we tend not to fix it or face it. What we do when something is wrong is we avoid it. We deny it. And we make excuses. So what happens is, after a while, by and by, we get over it. But we have never dealt with it. Amen. So what we do is, we take that faulty foundation and we start to build a life on it. The hurt, the pain. We build on it. But we buried it. And then all of a sudden, here we are 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road, and we're mad about everything and everybody Amen. because we didn't deal with it when we were 20. Amen. I don't have a license to do this. I thought I better say that. But what I'm telling you that what happens is we we bring all these neuroses into the church and then all of a sudden here we are sitting up in church looking at everybody and everything that we see is representing what we had to deal with and now we're mad. That's why saints look so bad all the time. (laughs) That's talking about me, talking about me. Somebody must have told him about it. No, ain't nobody got to tell nobody about it. It's because everybody has these shared experiences. We go through things that we won't fix. And when we have an opportunity to fix it, the Bible teaches us that if we can drop it at the altar, we can get rid of it. But we, we would bring it to the altar, take it back. Bring it to the altar and take it back. And each time the burden gets heavier because you said, I thought God was going to So here we are in bondage. That's, this is what we're talking about, freedom, right? This is what the message is about, truth, getting free. I, I'm going to get to the truth part moment. But again, when I say we, again, ethnically, we have more hang-ups than anybody in the world. We just don't talk about it. We got secrets that have been hidden for Three, four, five, six, seven generations. We ain't never told nobody. And then, as folks say, and then up jumps a problem. And somebody says, Well, where'd that come from? We ain't never had nothing of that in our family. Well, you don't know because that family ain't told you nothing. Hmm? (laughs) You're trying to find out where some stuff came from and you never noticed that your aunt had that special friend. (laughs) But we don't deal with the truth. Come on, get where you're supposed to be, Pastor. Oh, mercy. mercy. Mm. What was I talking about? Past anxieties. That's what I was talking about. Whew. Now, here, this is what it says in my notes. Here's what it says it says uh, nowhere is our deficient view of sin uh, more peculiar or more pronounced than in the area of theology. Because we create a God. Hmm? We create a God. We make something our God. Huh? He's our, what do we call him? Guardian angel. We make him our, uh, I don't know. our Savior, our Redeemer, he does all this stuff for us. We don't do nothing. The most famous words in church, That sound like I'm complaining. Some of the most famous words in church is God's gonna. God's gonna. God's gonna. God's, gonna. God's getting ready to My question is, what you going to do? I see these signs. I don't see them as much as I used to. God is my co-pilot. If he's God, you ought to let him drive. Huh? Don't you think he knows? We create yes, amen. when we do away with the perceived whole of sins upon us, in other words, when we pretend we're free and we're not, amen. we find ourselves in a theological wonderland. I call it la la land. Amen. Everybody is believing something that's not real and not doing anything. To advance the cause of Christianity. If it doesn't fit in the advancement of your growth toward your destiny, Mm -hmm. kick it. Are y'all still with me? (sighs) Unbelievers who reject the Word of God and the divinity of Christ adopt a man-made religion using Y'all remember the illustration I gave you about the frogs? I said if you put a frog in warm water and constantly increase the temperature, the frog would not resist the heat and would eventually die. I told you that that's what happened to Samson. He immersed himself in a culture that eventually caused his death. Now y'all know Samson, uh, his first encounter was not with Delilah. Remember, he had a wife. Okay. I hope. So here's the, here's the other frog story. Here's the other frog story. The other frog story. Now the story goes that a, a frog fell into a bucket of milk. Finding himself in a desperate situation, he didn't have the opportunity to get out. So he continued to paddle in the milk until he splashed enough to make, a pad of butter, which he hopped on and then hopped out of the pail. Now, this is what I talk about false theology because people say That the frog, because he worked so hard, he was able to get free. And what's wrong with the story? He got free by himself on his own. No one gets free alone. The only freedom comes in Christ. You don't get free by yourself. When you kick, Christ out of your life, you can never get free. Don't go around telling people that's a good story. It's not. It's a lie. I'm just telling you. So when you you tell it, say, now here's a lie. (laughs) But what it does is it, it trivializes the idea that Christ has the power to deliver us and and that he has put people in your path Mm -hmm. to be there to help you. Uh, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Everybody knows Romans chapter 10, right? Okay, you you know verse 9. You know what it says, right? Let's look at verse 14. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Okay? Second, it says, and how shall they believe in him of whom they're not heard? Amen. Hmm? And number three, and how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, wait a minute. Does the Bible really say that? It sure does. Now, automatically, you think about the person standing behind this desk. You, the preacher. How are they going to hear if you don't say something? That's why the people don't get free by themselves. Because they haven't heard a word and that word does not bring deliverance. Let's read on. The Bible says, and how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. You're never going to get anybody free by telling them how bad things are. Amen. Now here's Titus chapter 2 verse 14, 14 that shows that you can't do it by yourself. It says, who gave himself for us. That's another person. That he might redeem us. That he might redeem. It never said you could redeem you. Amen. Amen. From every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for the works of God. You are redeemed for the work of God. For the what? The work of God. Not so you can be better at what you do. Amen. Amen. You don't get any bragging rights. Come on. The Bible says that uh, what we believe must move us to accept and obey the Word of God. In other words, if I believe it, then it should inspire me to move ahead toward my destiny. Amen? Now, I told you a little bit about this last week, and I'm not going to finish it today either, but we said the Word is conditional. It's always conditional. There's a condition attached to it. Jesus said here that this this is what the condition is. He says, the first condition is that you continue in my word, and then he gives us a promise. If you promise, you'll be my disciple. The promise is, you'll be my disciple. So, first, the Bible says, the first condition is uh, it's belief. You're not going to get uh, delivered or reach the place of salvation if you don't believe the word. Then, the second condition, the Bible says, is that you have to continue or abide in the word. Me know is the word. The Bible says you have to continue in this word. So, if you don't stay in the word, then you really won't believe the word, Amen. but the fact that you fell away from the word means you didn't believe that the word, the word, you, mm, you didn't believe the word you heard. Amen. You heard some words, Amen. but you didn't believe the Christ that was behind the words.. Yeah. So the Bible says the gospel obeys, frees us from the yoke of Satan. It frees us from spiritual taskmasters. These are the legalists in your church that tell you, you got to do this. If you don't do this, you're going to hell. Stay away from them people. They're a lot closer to... Anyway, stay away from them people. No, 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 listen to me. When we talk about this love of God being pure and peaceable, We talk about salvation being uh, 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 a religion of love. We talk about how we're supposed to be able to care about one another. If people want you to stay away from hell and go to heaven, they should talk to you more about heaven than they do hell. The more you talk to me about something, that's what I'm gonna remember. When I walk away, I'm gonna remember the last thing you said to me. I had a story, but I can't tell it. I forgot I was in church. No, it's a true story, but some of y'all are sensitive. So here's the process. Here's the process. I got. Mm, just a few minutes. First, Christ says in verse 31, if you're holding my teaching, you're really my disciple." So when somebody abides in the word, the Bible says he becomes a disciple or literally a learner. The word Matthias is disciple. He says, if you're holding my teaching, then you are really my learners, my learners. In other words, you are trying to understand more about what's going on. Disciples are learners. They are learners. They're not people who just, you know, Read the Bible one time and they're through. Amen. Uh, you know, they used to say this about some folk, that if you want to hide something from them, put it in a book. Uh, anyway. <laughs> the object is to know truth. <laughs> the way to know truth is to obey truth. And the truth makes you free or the truth delivers you. It is the truth that you know and obey that brings you freedom. Amen? Amen. Amen. When you do that, the Bible says you put yourself in what's called a progressively liberating status. What does that mean? That means I grow freer every day. Every day I get a little more free because I study a little more word, I obey the word that I learn, I put it into practice. And the Bible goes on to say, and if you obey the word, uh, you become a learner of truth. Further possibilities of truth, then are open to you. In other words, the more truth I hear, the more I embrace truth and the more I understand truth. You know how they used to to teach you ABCs so you learn how to read? If you don't embrace the ABCs, you won't get words. You won't get words, you won't read. You can't go from ignorance to reading. Yeah. Amen. Ignorance, illiteracy. <laughs> One of my eyes. The second step, the Bible says in verse 32, it says, then you will know. This is how we get to that place. You will know the truth. By becoming learners, is how you know the truth. You keep studying the Word. The Bible says this, abiding in the Word, uh, then we open ourselves up to truth. If you study the Bible, the Bible becomes more alive. You become more familiar. You find things from the Old Testament that relate to the New Testament, and then you find the embellishment of the the same thought in the New Testament, and now you say, uh, that makes sense. Well, it actually makes faith, but if you want to call it sense, amen, sometimes there's a thin line between sense and faith if it's good sense. You'll get that later too. A man does not become free to know Christ, to have his sins taken away until he knows truth. Amen. That's why, that's why, here we go. That's why we celebrate Juneteenth. Two years of truth delayed. Okay. All right. Wrong crowd. I'm going to have to go uptown to another church for you. As he grows in the knowledge of the truth, more freedom is possible. The more he abides in the word, the more he becomes a learner. And the more he's open to become, uh, uh, he's open, We become. the more we're open, the more we become open to his truth. Then the truth then gives, uh, then the truth that gives us the ability to learn more. I know I'm saying the same thing over again. And the more we can apply the more we grow. Amen. 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 And Judges, uh, I'm. excuse me, judge. I don't know. And John chapter 16, let me go there. Mm-hmm. I, I had something on my mind. Look at verse 12. The Bible says, uh, John 16, 12 says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. In other words, here's what he's saying. I can tell you some stuff, but you can't process it because you don't have a good foundation in this. All right? And then he goes on to say this in verse 13. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak And he will tell you, here it is, things to come. The way that you grow in this thing, you become knowledgeable in the things of God. You see the patterns of God and how God does things. The easier it is for you to embrace what God is doing in your life. So when you see the pattern, you say, okay, this is God. For example, for example, here's the problem. When something that you are destined to do turns out bad, that's a good sign. Because when the devil doesn't care what you do, you ain't doing nothing. His job is to keep you from destiny. So if you don't do anything and he doesn't do anything, then you ain't done nothing. (laughs) Hmm? But every time you make a right decision, he comes up. (laughs) Huh? I learned early on to say, ah, this right here is God. This right here is God. But see, the one thing that you learn in the process, God, I'm out of time. The one thing that you learn in the process is that Jesus always has the answer to my situation. So it doesn't matter what's going on here. This is my destiny. This is where I'm going. So it doesn't matter. It does not matter. I'm going, what Jesus said, I'm going over to the other side. The storms can come, but I'm going to the other side. So what we do is we focus on the storms and we never, ever get delivered. That reminds me of another story. This time about the goat. The goat in the well. I love this story. This is a lie. You know, sir, the goat fell in the well, right? Couldn't get out. They couldn't figure where to get him out, so they figured the best way to do it is just go ahead and bury him. in the- And every time they throw some dirt in, they say, pack it down, which is exactly what you do. Every time you have a problem, you pack it under your feet but you don't deal with it. That's why this goat thing don't work. Yeah, he got out of the well, but he's just as bound up as he can be. (laughs) He'll be in therapy the rest of his life. (laughs) we understand what I'm saying? That's what we do with our lives. We just keep packing it down, packing it down. And finally we say, I have arrived. Look at all the mess that you're in here. You know this stuff is coming up. I messed up all your little stories, huh? Every time you hear one of them things in a song, now you say, oh, that's a lie. (laughs) Okay, when we can obey His word, we grow in spiritual knowledge. And as we grow in spiritual knowledge, we grow in freedom from uh, sin. Now, uh, hmm. okay, Romans. Chapter six, I'm going to have to quit here. I told you there'd be a part three, though, didn't I? Okay. First chapter, I mean, first chapter. Romans chapter six, (laughs) verse 13 says this. Well, let's do 12, and then we'll go to it. 12 says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. All right. First thing Paul says is don't let sin be the authority in your life. Yes, and he used the term less because it is our desires that creates sin. Amen. And then verse 13 says, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, though that's who you used to be, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. All of me that used to be for sin, I need to make it for Christ. When I start to do the things that Christ has called me to do, the first thing that happens is I learn how to grow up. So, last thing I want to share with you until we do this next week. Uh, John says that truth is that which is in full correspondence with reality. Let me tell you what that means. Jesus is the truth. And the Bible says that we must be in constant contact with reality. What? Reality. That's why Jesus told us to watch unto prayer. I got to see what's going on so I'll know what to say. Sometimes when you start to feel a little prophetic, you're not just being strange. It's because the more you know him, the more he starts to reveal to you. So now you start to know stuff before you even see it. Be careful not to say it. (laughs) Until he tells you to say it. But he'll let you see it. So you know it. Amen. Now if you see a big truck coming at me and I'm crossing the street, I want you to say something. Well, what I'm saying is that the more I get into this thing and the more I stay in it, I keep my mind off of junk and I keep my mind off of junk people. I stay free. Then God continues to need, to deal with me. He menaces to me in my quiet time, in my you know, time of devotion when I'm sitting around. I, I sit around yesterday afternoon I had some free time and I pull up an integrity tape. Y'all know what integrity music is? And Don Moen and uh, Ron Cannoli and uh, all the folks were just singing to me. I thought, man, this is is really good. It takes me back. Takes me back. And see, uh, 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 that kind of thing helps you to grow because it's peaceful and you can hear from God. And when you hear from God, then you can hear more then you can see more. When I say see more, now when you're talking to people, you can see into their very souls. Amen. Amen. Don't go practicing this, on people call you around. <laughs> don't, don't do that, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when people start to talk, you start to hear, but you hear what God is saying, and when you hear what God is saying, you say, oh, okay, all right, I see this thing now. Amen? Amen. I got to stop. I'm out of time. I'm in the red and they're talking about me back there. I know. Stand up on your feet. I promise you I'm going to get you out of this next week. Oh, it'll be your Independence Day. Ha, ha, ha. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. hmm <laughs> They must not want me to finish. They're slow sitting, slow getting up. I'm, <laughs> I can keep going now. All right. <laughs> what I want you to understand is this. Knowing the truth is knowing Christ. Jesus is the truth. He said, I am the truth. If I know him, then I can flow with him. And if I flow with him, the Bible says that I grow with him. And when I grow, I'm able to do what it is that he wants me to do. The real freedom comes because I know Jesus, the truth. I know the truth. And the truth that I know then makes me free. The truth that I know then makes me free. When the Bible says makes me free means that freedom is here. Bondage is here. In between bondage and freedom is the word of God. And as we continue to abide in the word, then the word makes me free. Amen. Amen. Amen? If I stop anywhere along the way, I don't get the freedom. Now, Sometimes people will tell you that when I get here and I mess up, I go back here. And some things, yes, not all things. See, because you don't lose your knowledge. Amen. Amen. You, 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 you see, but, but sometimes you got to go back, repent, and you got to get a lesson. You know, it's remedial training. Then, all right. All right. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word because your word is freedom in my life. It makes me free to be healed, free to be delivered, free from unnecessary restrictive religion. God, I thank you that I'm free to speak. I'm free to live. I'm free to do all the things that you've called me to do. Thank you for giving me a life and a destiny. And God, give him the tools to reach that destiny. I give you praise for that. Now, God, I thank you that it is your power that's working through me to bring deliverance in my life. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Even
1: at this moment, while the altar call is being made here in the sanctuary, listen, we want to give you the same opportunity right here online uh, to, to be able to receive Christ as your personal Savior. Listen, it's simple as ABC. First is admit that you're a sinner. Secondly, believe that Christ died for your sins. And thirdly, confess that he is Lord over your life. It is not a guaranteed fix to every problem in your life, or what it is, is a guaranteed solution. Wait a minute, what? Yeah, no, you're still gonna have the problems, but you're also gonna have the answer to uh, the solution to the problems. So, and, and you also understand that His grace would be sufficient. Jesus is the answer, He's the answer to everything. And so you'll have Him in your heart as a part of your being. And so, listen, if I'm talking to you, If you are one of those who say, you know what, I need to do something different, then join me in this simple prayer. It's simple, it goes like this. Repeat after me, say, Father, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die just for me. Thank you that he got up with all power just for me. Thank you for loving me so much. I am a sinner. I have missed the mark, and I have fallen short, and I ask for your forgiveness. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And now I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart, that when Jesus was raised from the dead, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, we're so excited for you because you have made the single greatest decision that you will ever make in your life. We're so proud of you. We are here rooting for you. Listen, if you prayed that prayer today, I need you to do me a favor and text the number here, 252-627-9900. Again, that number, 252-627-9900. Text the word "saved" to that number so we can connect with you. We can pray with you. We can um, help and lift you up, encourage you. We have a devotion that we want to share with you to help solidify this faith journey. Um, We just want to make sure that you're good and you're a part of a community of believers that are heading the same direction you are, believing the same things that you are. Listen. In addition to that, we want to help you find a local church if you're in this area. Feel free to come by and check us out. If we're not your cup of tea, that's okay. We'll help you find some place that to- that, where you fit uh, in, a, in a community of believers. If you're not in this area, we'll do the same thing for you. We'll help them do the research to find you some place where you can be uh, where you can call home, okay? Listen, we're we're not about growing our church. We're about growing the church, and there's a difference. We want to see souls saved and come to Christ. They don't have to come to buy our building. You will never have to step foot in our building, as long as you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's all we care about, okay? Alright, listen, I'm out of time. I gotta get out of here, but you guys have an amazing week. And just in case your week is not so amazing, make sure it has an amazing you in it. Until we get together again, God bless you. We love you. And we can't wait to see you next time.